0: This episode of Fearless Rebel Radio is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the amazing 12-week online group coaching program that I run where we build up your worth from the ground up so that it's no longer hinging on the way that you look. It's got personalized coaching from me and incredible community support plus lifetime access. Get details on what's included in this program and sign up to be notified when doors open for the next cycle by going to SummerInanin.com forward slash you on fire. I would love to have you in that program and in that group. This is Fearless Rebel Radio, a podcast about body positivity, self-worth, anti-dieting and feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth and confidence and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is episode 156, and I am interviewing Steph Gaudreau, author of The Core for about how she transitioned her message away from paleo and into intuitive eating, and what she has noticed about how diet culture impacts wellness and a little bit about how she experienced burnout as an entrepreneur and how she is working through that. You can find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 156. First, I want to give a shout out to Falbalia. Thank you so much for leaving this five-star review. Bravo for your exceptional podcast. I listen to every episode with great interest. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love loyal listeners. And you can leave a review by heading to iTunes and uh, searching for rating and reviews. Then click to leave a rating or a review. And I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that. It really helps others to find the show and the information that you're learning here. Uh, what also helps them to find the show is by you subscribing, which just takes one second to hit the subscribe button uh, via your podcast app or YouTube or Spotify, however you choose to listen to the show. And don't forget, you can get the free 10 day body confidence makeover at summer forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now. To feel better in your body. And you may hear me right now having a very nasally voice, and that is because I am one week into a terrible cold virus that I got from my son which was inevitable because he was literally coughing into my mouth, <laughs> which now I realize why parents always get sick when they have children. And so I'm kind of just hanging on by a thread, but because of deadlines, I needed to record this intro and outro. The interview itself, I was feeling better for. So I do not have this measly voice during the interview, thankfully. <laughs> so you you can just enjoy it in the intro and outro of this podcast. Today's guest is Steph Godreau and I have known Steph for many, many years. She was one of the first people that I connected with when I was into the whole paleo nutrition scene many, many years ago, like eight, 10 years ago now. And uh, it's been really interesting to watch the evolution of her business and her coaching as well. Uh, Similar to me, She shifted, saw what was problematic about what was happening in that space and wellness spaces and uh, started to really shift her messaging and become a certified intuitive eating counselor. And so this podcast, we're talking about that journey and just what she notices in those wellness spaces. And I think for so many of you, you're going to resonate with this and she has some really good insights here. And also just talking about uh, some burnout that she experienced as an entrepreneur so today's guest is Steph Godrow, NTP. She is a nutritional therapy and strength training expert, helping women around the world find a more nourishing approach to food and fitness. In her best-selling book, The Core Four, she details a four pillar approach to building health, embracing your body and owning your power. Steph is trained in biology and human physiology and is a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified intuitive eating counselor, and USA weightlifting sports performance coach. She's an international speaker that has been featured in Outside, Mind Body Green, Self, and ESPN Radio. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. Check it out. Hey, Steph! Welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, hey, how are you?
0: I'm good. It's been a while, as we have talked about already, because um, <laughs> <laughs> I you just recorded me on your po- podcast, so we've been chit chatting for like an hour and a bit already, but. I was trying to remember like you were on one of the first episodes of this podcast so that would have been 5 years ago now. Mm.
1: Yes, a lot has changed. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed.
0: And I'm so excited to talk to you about that change. So, why don't you just before we we kind of get into that, just tell everyone a little bit about how you got into this work in the first place and then, you know, I want to talk to you about like how you kind of transitioned to where you are now so you can either go into that right off the bat, or we can do that as sort of like a follow up to you just telling a little everyone a little bit about how you got into this work.
1: Yeah, oh gosh, I think, like a lot of people, my entry into this work was the result of the things that I was seeking in my life. And as somebody who for many, many years, decades dealt with poor body image, uh, dieting, confusion around food, Hating myself and what I looked like, and all of the exercising for punishment—I mean, you name it—that it, sort of sums up my story in a nutshell. And initially, I got interested in nutrition because I changed the way I was eating. I sort of left the world of what I would call dieting in the in the traditional sense, anyway—the Weight Watchers uh, world and stuff like that. I left that, and my transition into becoming more of an intuitive eater and and the things that I'm doing now really started with eating paleo, believe it or not. And that was a that was a stepping stone, I think, for me in the process where I was able to get away from some of the, the rules and some of the world I had been in and slowly start on that journey, eating foods that I felt were more nourishing for my body, made me feel better in my body. And there was still a lot of interesting baggage that came along with all, all of that, but which we can maybe talk about later. But Um, you know, I changed the way I was moving my body and how I saw movement in my life and slowly began to get a foothold in this stuff that I felt so powerless in my life with before. And that really, I wanted to share that with people because I could see so many people that I knew struggling with that as well. And I thought, well, if I can do it, they can do it as well. So that's really what initially got me into this world of nutrition and fitness and, the things that I'm doing now are related, similar in some ways, very different in other ways as well. So it's been a bit of a process. I mean, I started my first blog. I started blogging about a decade ago and started Stupid Easy Paleo in 2011. And then last year rebranded and and formally began to move away from just talking about a paleo way of eating, although it had really started (laughs) sometime before that. And, and so now I mean, I do a little bit of everything. I'm a nutritional therapist. I talk about strength training and intentional movement. I also help people with intuitive eating. I'm a bit of a dabbler in lots and lots and lots of different things, but really just trying to help people come to a place where they can find a way to eat and move that's sustainable and enjoyable for them, helps them feel better in their body, but does not consume their life. And I, you know. I think this is going to be work that's always going to be around <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. But uh, that's initially sort of the, is my story in in a bit of a nutshell. Yeah,
0: and I'm I'm super fascinated to like sort of talk to you about that, um, like how you discovered intuitive eating, or like and, and like how you started to bring that into your work because you know similar to you, I was really entrenched in like the whole paleo thing for a while as well. And, you know, like intuitive eating kind of like blew my mind. So I'm curious to know, like for you, like, how did you, you know, what was it like for you to to discover that and make sense of it with like everything that you had <laughs> sort of learned and done before?
1: Yeah, it, a process, I would say. <laughs> and <laughs> one that involved a lot of professional learning as well as personal reflection and contemplation. And, you know, the the sort of trajectory that for me professionally I followed has been really interesting because again, started in the in the paleo world doing lots of stuff around nutrition and recipe development and helping people introduce this stuff into their lives. And yet I can also see when I first started, I treated paleo kind of like a diet where it was eat these foods, never eat those foods, There were lots of rules and guidelines, and uh, there's a story I tell quite a bit, but it was that I signed up for a CSA box in my local community, went to get the CSA box from the gym, (laughs) and got the box, and there was a watermelon in there, and I just kept thinking, okay, I need to eat lower carb, and I was doing CrossFit at the time, so I mean... I needed carbs.
0: (laughs) I need to be eating carbs. I needed
1: carbs. And I just got this watermelon in the box and was like, does anybody want this watermelon? Because I don't want to eat it. I want to give it away. And it wasn't, I love watermelon. It wasn't because I don't, it's not a food that I you know don't enjoy. It was just, I thought this has too many carbs. I shouldn't eat this. And so, you know, I didn't eat strict paleo for all that long in the grand scheme of things. But I got to see how even in myself a way of eating that could potentially be really helpful for people and was helpful for me for a time was still very entrenched in dieting. And then of course the, the related things of the zone diet, right? Which is essentially like counting macronutrients and, and the weight loss world and being an Olympic weightlifter and cutting weight for that. And, you know, you get to see all of the different ways that diet culture and dieting touches this wellness space even the paleo world, like, I mean, and then I started to also notice that when I began to do things like post about potatoes, or I was eating this rice or whatever, people would lose their minds. <laughs> like, oh, you're paleo, or you have a paleo website, is this paleo? And I just thought, I'm so tired of having this conversation. And for a very long time, it was, well, let's look at how it affects you and your body. And it was, it, it just felt like I was continuing to to fight and argue and justify myself all the time. And I thought, this is not working anymore. And not only that, but working with a lot of people in my community and seeing the, the questions that they were asking, the things they were continuing to struggle with, these were people who, and, and continue to be people, who have done all of the, you know, again, these this is not typically people who are like, I've done Weight Watchers or I just came from Jenny Craig. This is people who have been doing popular programs that are elimination diets, or they've been doing popular things like paleo, primal, keto, fasting, you know, everybody has their own flavor of of this stuff nowadays. And, you know, gluten-free, clean eating, all this, and became increasingly obvious to me that there was still a lot going on here. And in fact, in a lot of ways, people were more confused about food than ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and don't you find uh, like it kind of just kept
0: getting more extreme. Like yes. it was like, um, and I can't remember who said this expression first, but like you had to keep like paleoing harder, like, you know, like paleo wasn't enough. Now there's keto and like, now there's intermittent fasting. And it's like, like, when are we just going to be told we have to just eat air? You know, like <laughs> I have, I I've found just through observation and I don't know if your observations are the same, but it's just you know, something is there. And then like, it just becomes that much more extreme and dogmatic and, um, different variations of it come into existence that are like just more restrictive and, um, like less healthy in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and I, (laughs) we normal people, and I don't say that in a negative way, but normal people of which I consider myself one, uh, we are not biohackers. Okay. And we are we are parading around like we are freaking biohackers and trying to optimize everything. And I had a conversation with somebody recently, and she's worried about optimizing this and optimizing that. And I, I just thought, you are not living your life. I mean, this is insane. And, you know, so I began to feel more and more disenchanted with a lot of this. And just at the same time, began to learn more about things like Social justice, more about things like intuitive eating, more about the research and the rise in eating disorders and disordered eating, orthorexia, et cetera, and just thought, what you know what are we doing here, and also what role have I played in possibly perpetuating some of that with the things that I used to talk about or how I used to talk about them? I used to have the word leaner" in one of my programs and it's sort of the subtitle of one of my programs, and I really went back and, and thought about what is the message I want to send here. And so intuitive eating in an informal way became more prevalent in my own life. And then uh, earlier this year, 2019, when we're recording this, I decided to go back and become a certified intuitive eating counselor and really look at how I can formally start to or, and even informally in conversation, help people start to unpack this for themselves, because, again, typically the people I come into contact with are not the you know, eating a what we would call a standard American diet or this and that. They are people who have been in and around these communities, these wellness communities for many years, and they're still they f- still feel confused conflicted. You know, this new diet comes out, they feel like they're supposed to jump on it or their husband did keto and he lost 40 pounds and then they did keto and they lost two pounds. And I'm not exaggerating the those stories that I hear. Yeah. What's wrong with me? This worked for him. It didn't work for me. And this constant detachment and an increasing detachment away from body, the body's feedback, what we're, you know, when people say, Oh, listen to your body, like it sounds really woo, but I'm talking about even things like, you know, sensing your own hunger, your own fullness. And then we're also being reinforced and taught that we can't, we can't trust that because it, you know, the world is full of hyper palatable evil foods that are out to get us. And, and yet when I look at who is struggling with this, again, it's not people that are eating hyper palatable foods, three meals a day, seven days a week. These are people who typically have access to more nutrient dense foods, right? I mean, there's a whole other discussion that we we could go into about who has access to this stuff, what are the type of foods we're saying are have the halo around them. I mean, it it just for me, once I started to learn about that, I just thought I can't, I can't turn away from that. And I I don't think that this hyper focus on finding the most optimal diet, finding the cleanest diet is helping anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I notice the same,
0: like, I notice the same, the same thing. And I see so many people that were where I was, you know, when everything sort of came to a head with me where you know, you're just fixated on like every micronutrient. And you're like, well, maybe if I add this, then this will happen. And it's all because they just want to like look differently for the most part, you know, and I think a lot of times people will say it's about their health, but it's not it's about like, looking leaner. And I'm putting leaner in like quotation marks, you know, like that, look better naked, you know, like that kind of mentality.
1: For sure. Well, and we, we see a lot of the I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Um, we see a lot of sort of linking between I gained 10 pounds, but I'm also feeling all these ways in my body. And I just, you know, I'm even asking people, I mean, how do you know that that's because your body is bigger? You know, it, it, if you're not feeling good in your body, that's one thing. You know, it was like, I'm not sleeping and in the gym, I'm not performing as well. Or, you know, my energy is crashing all the time. And I, so even for me to ask, like, can we separate those two things? I mean, we're, we're making a cause and we're making it causal, right? We're saying that the way I'm feeling is because my body weight went up 10 pounds. We don't know that that's the case, but yet we assume that that's the case in our culture, right? In our diet culture is that if I reduce my weight, then all of these things will get better. And we know that there are so many other things that affect our health, right? Things like allostatic load are, are the effect of stress, the effect of weight stigma and how it affects stress in our bodies. I mean, so many things that intersect, but yet in our society in our culture, the dominant paradigm is that it is the weight that's, weight is causing these things. And 10 pounds in my professional opinion is not a significant amount of, you know, weight that's going to be causing all hell to break loose with your health. And so, you know, I, I just, But yet it is the thing that we go back to over and over again. So typically when I'm working with people, they often don't they they sort of lack that languaging because it is the way we're socialized. It is the thing that we are. We are, we see since we're forever, you know, it's been in our lives forever is that weight, it is the weight, right? Weight is the thing I have to change. And I know you do a ton of work with things like self-worth and things like that. And that's a whole other story, but I'm always trying to get people to tune into how they want to feel. Can we separate that conversation? And sometimes folks lack the languaging because they just don't know that there's any other thing that they can want other than weight loss.
0: Yeah. Yes, totally, totally. And it's about helping them sort of tease those things apart, which is which can be really hard when they're so entrenched in that frame of mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's tough. It's not uh, some days I honestly wonder why I'm doing this to myself. <laughs> it's like taking this, this road of, you know, and because it as a professional, it would be so much easier for me to sell weight loss. Weight loss services, weight loss programs, whatever, whatever, right? It just would be so much easier, and yet I would not be able. I wouldn't be okay with that, you know, deep down. And so sometimes I just think, gosh, this is so hard, and yet it is the, the thing that I think a lot of people are increasingly seeking, or at least seeking ways in which that they can exist in the world that are outside of diet culture, yeah. um, or sort of, you know, in their building their own reality within diet culture, because we, you know, we're to try to shift this entire paradigm and system is going to take a lot of work, but, um, you know, how do we exist within it and yet, and yet choose whenever we can, or when we're conscious of it. Cause I think there's, there's so many ways that I've realized I've had things like fat phobia. I have seen, you know, I've judged what's in people's carts. Um, even as a professional, even as a nutritionist, even with all of these designations that I have, you know, being in a straight size body, I mean, wake up Steph, hello, um, mm-hmm. being in a straight sized body yet being so afraid to, to be bigger or, or not be as lean. I mean, where did that come from? How does that play out? And so, yeah, it is hard. It's really hard to be in that position when you're not ready to, you're not willing to buy into that way of doing the work anymore. And yet I think people are increasingly craving it. They're looking for other ways to say, you know, a perfect body is not the most important contribution I can make to this world. Yes. Um, And how do I start existing more within that space? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally
0: respect like your, you know, your integrity around it and like making that change because obviously like you had a pretty big platform that was, you know, when you were focused, uh, when you were stupid, easy paleo, like to make that change and like change, change direction and kind of change your messaging a bit. Like, did you find that you lost a bunch of people? Did you gain (laughs) a bunch of people? I'm curious to know like what the fallout or what the, what the, maybe not fallout is the right word, but Uh what the impact was on the audience that you had built up.
1: Yeah. That's a really great question. I would say, you know, I tried to involve people in the fact that it was coming for a long time. As soon as I made the decision, which it took 11 months to finally launch the website from the time I decided it was going to be a reality. And uh, we didn't just make a new website, like make a sister website and keep stupid easy paleo going. Everything got redirected. It's gone. You know, you can't even type in the the old URL, it'll redirect, but like you can't go to stupid easy paleo anymore. And so I tried to involve people in the process from day one. Hey, this is coming. This is why it's happening. This is what it's gonna look like. Hey, here's the, the peak at the new branding. Here's what it's gonna be. And so try really trying to bring people along for the ride. So I think that there wasn't the same kind of shock that there would have been if, you know, November 8th, they woke up and they were it was stupid easy paleo. And then the next day they were completely taken, you know, by surprise and Hey, we're changing the whole thing. So they knew it was a long, slow burn and build up. On the other hand, you know, I, in advance of that, so about six months prior, I ended up changing my handle on Instagram from stupid easy paleo to my name and having a podcast since 2015. So for three and a half years, I had a podcast wherever and I do have a podcast where every week I say my name, who I am. I'm not stupid easy paleo. I'm Steph Gaudreau. Um, Even if I do have a different brand name, I'm still Steph Godro. But I would meet people in the store and they're they're so lovely. And we'd talk and they say, Are you stupid easy paleo? And I'm like, No, I'm Steph. <laughs> I run this <laughs> website called stupid easy paleo. Um, but anyway, when I changed my Instagram handle It took probably three to six months, but I lost a quarter of my following. Oh, wow. You know, we've gone through, we went through some significant changes just through the Google algorithm tweaks that happened prior to even re and lost a significant portion of organic traffic. You know, certain social platforms like Facebook, my Facebook page is hardly, and that's not because of a function of changing the name, but that's just, it's, you know, less engagement and, and this and that. And I... It was hard for a lot of reasons. I felt like, you know, and I get like the rational part of my brain thinks, okay, well, the people who are really want to hear what I have to say and they're going to be here. And there were so many people who reached out to me and said, you know, I knew you. I first found you when you were stu- doing stupid easy paleo, and then I really, but then I stopped doing paleo, but I stuck around because I really liked what you had to say about all the things that you talk about. So it was clear to me that the people who were, for the most part, staying around were the ones who really wanted to hear what I had to say, not specifically because I was doing paleo recipes. But when I, you know, when I look at what gets the most traffic on my website, it's paleo recipes. And, um, you know, I'm slowly trying to change some of the wording and now I'm not labeling things paleo anymore. And I'm making those changes over time. But it's been really weird to see that you know the content, and I think this is just a function of blogging versus podcasting. Podcast has been really great and growing strong and amazing, and has you know have those opportunities to sit down and talk about what's on my mind, have guests on like you, and rich enrich the conversation. And yet the blog. I feel like blogs are kind of dead right now, at least in for me. So I, I, and I'm like, OK, maybe this was fortunate. It happened at this time. But there's been a lot of ego wrangling for me and saying, you know, I always bought into the idea that if I just stuck around and I worked really hard and I worked even harder and cultivated all this stuff like it would just over time, eventually I'd arrive at this place of feeling more successful or growing a bigger audience or and what's the standard even, you know, is it a million people on on Instagram and then you feel successful? I don't know. I mean, I just, so a lot of the ways I have been operating and a lot of the paradigms I've been in, in terms of what success means as a business person, as an online business person have really been <laughs> challenged. And I would say a lot of what I bought into before is kind of crumbled around me. And it's been interesting. Um, I think, you know, my community now is in for, some of these other discussions, and at least beginning to have these conversations around nuance and, you know, the stuff that I'm doing now, but it's been it's been a wild ride. Yeah, and I I feel some of that, for
0: sure. um, The entrepreneurial battle for sure, for sure. But I think what you did takes took so much courage to make that change and to do something that's more in alignment with you. So and I mean, we could have a whole podcast on like what success even is and what that means. Cause I feel like, oh, there's like just so much stuff around that. But I know like one thing I did kind of want was curious to know if you would sort of touch on is like, cause you did mention burnout and on one of your recent podcasts. And, and, uh, and I'm curious to know like just what did you experience there and like what was the impact on you? And, um, you know, I think you, I know you mentioned that it's something that like entrepreneurs that we don't talk about that much because we kind of put up this facade that we have it all together. So, like, I've always just appreciated that you're one of the more honest people and like vulnerable people that mm. talks about the real stuff.
1: Yeah. Can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. Obviously. <laughs> I definitely got, I definitely had a fuck it moment this fall when I sat back and I looked at, so I had a book that came out in July and that was a long lead up, you know, 18 months in production and the program that I, uh, based the book on has been out in the world for now four and a half years. Um, so, you know, all of this stuff is like a really long runway, but after, you know, when I first knew I was going to have a book come out and a book contract, I basically decided to ramp everything up and I've always had a high work capacity. And with boundaries, I, you know, I do not stay up until one o'clock in the morning working. I just don't. That's not me. I, you know, 10, 930 rolls around. I want to be in bed. So there's certain things, you know, I, I have, I try to get my movement in five times a week, you know, so I'm, I'm doing some things on the baseline where I feel good. It makes me feel good in my body. I'm not working 18 hour days, pedal to the metal kind of person. At the same time, I have a really high work capacity and my husband always calls me the workhorse. And it was sort of one of those things where I said, okay, well, this book's gonna come out summer of 2019. Let's put the pedal to metal and grow, grow as much as we can, you know, try to, try to reach as many people as possible because I really believe this book has the potential to help people. And I increased my podcasting. I doubled the podcast twice a week instead of once Ooh. a week. That's yeah, intense. It was it and I did that for 18 months and I finally oh stepped step, stepped away from that just about 2 weeks ago and went back to once a week. You know, I was writing more long content on social, just, you know, mini blog posts basically, you know, growing a big Facebook community and the energy that, that it takes to do that and and doing all the other things that I do as well, right? And I stepped back and I thought, okay, well surely if I'm doing all these things, I should see growth in one of two places financially or growing the community, right? More blog traffic, more social followers. And I looked at everything and I, I literally sat down and finally looked at the numbers really hard. And I just said, well, (laughs) neither of those things have happened. And you feel extremely crispy around the edges at this point. And What for what you know, have I bought again? Have I bought into the hard work is going to bring me success, and hard work that brings me success is going to bring me that validation? And how much am I putting my own worth and value into this success, this amount that I'm growing, or? whatever you know like how much i can amass like how productive i can be how many things i can accomplish and i've always been an achievement driven person and i know part of that goes back to being a perfectionist and is the way i protect myself against people you know leaving me in my life goes back to when i was a kid like i'm well aware of all of this stuff is you know, if I, if I just produce a lot and I do really good at things to do a good job, then that makes people love me and you know, so on yeah. and so forth. Right. Like, yeah. um, and, and so it, but it's a process of sort of stepping back and seeing all of that. So this fall, um, and I'm not normally a person who, you know, I, I could tell something was off in me because I mean, I've got good, good base good days and bad days, but my baseline is pretty, I'm like pretty even keeled nowadays and stuff like that. And I just was like crying every day, like in such a weird spot with emotions and literally just not wanting to do anything and just feeling like this is all pointless. And what's the, you know, (laughs) what am I doing this for? And it took me a while to come out of that, but I realized I had to take my foot off the gas and step, not necessarily step back, but slow down a little bit. And so I cut down the number of posts I was making on Instagram every week. I just, like I said, went down to one podcast a week and started doing things for fun and play. And I realized that, you know, for me, food and like food photography, for example, used to be how I would feel really creative. I would love to get in there and I still love photography so much, but I realized I wasn't doing anything just purely for fun or creativity or anything like that. And I just didn't have the energy for it. And that's, that was another sign for me that I was, I was going into that burnout sort of phase. And so, yeah, I just (laughs) said, I'm not doing this, you know, I'm stepping back and doing less and whatever. We'll see what happens. But it's, um, when I started talking about it more, the number of other online entrepreneurs and people in that, category uh, that I know started pouring out of the woodwork and saying, oh my gosh, I feel the exact same way. Yeah. I just thought, why are we not talking about this?
0: (laughs) I know, because it's so vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah, It's like, you think that it's going to impact your business, I think, if you talk about it. I don't know, at least that's the story in my head. But I think the truth is, is that it just is The honest truth about what it's like to be an entrepreneur. It's like, and you know, like dealing with moments of disappointment or feeling like a failure and you know when your self-worth is intertwined with your success. Like all like I can relate to all of those things. And it's um yeah, I just I really appreciate I think you made that post, like obviously it was on like your personal Facebook, but I think you talked about and then you were talked about it in your podcast, but I think you talked about it, it might have been like around the time my dad died. And that's why I didn't like comment or reach out. Cause I was just going through too many things that I was feeling fragile about. But I remember just being like, I really need to reach out to you about that. And then, you know, just didn't, but, um, yeah, I, I just really appreciate you talking about that and being so honest about it because it's like, I think there's this facade that get that gets put up that like, you know, we all have it all together and like, we have this big team working for us and making all this money. And um, yeah, there's just that's not always the case. There's a lot of challenges behind it.
1: Well, and I think uh, my friend Paul Jarvis talks a lot about this idea of purposely not scaling your business and being more being true to what you feel is right for your business. And it's so easy to get sucked into because there are people out there There, I mean, there are business people and entrepreneurs out there who love the idea of take this business, scale it as quickly as possible, sell it for you know a profit and do it again. And that's what they love about it. I am not one of those people and that's okay, but it's not as common to hear those things, right? It's not as common to hear, Hey, you know what, if you don't want to scale your business and you're comfortable with where you're at and that brings you joy and that fits into the lifestyle that you envision for yourself. Great. You don't have to push this hard or push for this or, you know, try to scale at an, at an exponentially fast rate. And if it happened because you were doing the things that you love and brought you joy and fit into your lifestyle and whatever, great. But I think that there's still that perception that we all have to do business one way and the online space is growing, is changing so freaking fast. I don't know how you keep up with all the trends and all the things and this and that. And then you have to decide, you know, how much do I bend to accommodate? And one of my friends recently was like, you know, and I love him, but he was like, you need to get, are you on TikTok yet? You need to get on TikTok, get your account. And I was just like, fuck, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. You know, and it was like, oh, I'm getting really great traction and it's getting lots of views. And I just thought, have we not seen the writing on the wall? It happened with Facebook. And then everybody's like, Instagram is the last holdout and the last bastion. And it was like, oh, my God, it's happening to Instagram, too, because Facebook bought Instagram or, you know, YouTube changed its parameters. And now they're not you know, they're they're changing the way they do ads and their revenue is changing. And I just kept thinking, have we not seen the fucking writing on the wall where it, and even with our own websites now, it used to be, you know, hey, your website is your own. And I've said that, you know, hey, that's your one place that nobody can fuck with your stuff. And that's true to a certain extent. But if the search engines are driving lots of organic traffic to you because of how their algorithms are determined and how they've rated your website, what I mean, what are you going to do if that changes? And so I just feel like it's so tempting to buy like, oh, this is like the next big platform It's exploding. It's growing. There's no regulation, you you know, organic feed, all this stuff. And I just think maybe it's just I'm just skeptical and I'm cynical. But at this point, I'm like, no, I'm not fucking doing it. Like I'm not. (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you. (laughs) I I refuse. I did get my account and I think I posted one thing, but I was like, I literally will die if I do this. I can't. I just can't do this.
0: And I personally, like, I don't know about you, but I don't think any of my clients are on there. So I'm like, I think I'm okay. No, <laughs> At least I... I hope. I don't know. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't have one more thing either. I know my husband asked me about that. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And I'm not doing it. No, I refuse. <laughs> I kind of was like that with Instagram. And then I was really late to the game and I was like, oh, shit so you know i don't care
1: i'm just not doing it
0: <laughs> i know it's it is hard though and it's like it is scary when with the internet because it's like you know if something were to go away it could
1: completely destroy your business like if for well, some reason
0: instagram went away there's a lot of people whose livelihood would just be whoop, gone
1: you know remember that scary. remember that day where instagram was down for almost the whole day <laughs> yes. early it was was earlier this year and people were freaking out the same thing yeah They're like what if what if it just went away, you know, okay, maybe I should diversify what I'm doing or have, you know, a web, a website, yeah. <laughs> that sort of stuff. And, and yet I don't think we've learned. And, and so for me, I don't enjoy, I, and I've gotten really clear about this this year. What do I enjoy and what do I not enjoy? I did this thing called StrengthsFinder with one of my coaches. Uh, sorry, it's called UMAP and StrengthsFinder is one piece of that, but there's four pieces. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I looked at all the things that I really love doing And I'm not doing the things that I love and I'm doing all the things that lead me to burnout. Yeah. Oh, shocking. You know, so, um, I just, I don't get off on crunching numbers and analytics and scaling. Like some people love that they are the people that are just like, yes, yes, yes. I would do this all day long. And I just hate it. I hate it. I would rather just be able to create and work with, you know, help people facilitate whatever they're going to facilitate in their lives. Like. I think that's where my strengths are. And I think that's what I enjoy. And for a really long time, that, that balance has been very lopsided, Mm -hmm. very, very lopsided.
0: So, um, uh, like what have you done to recharge yourself? Like, are you feeling like you're there, like you're back, you're recharged, or are you feeling like you're still kind of working through this phase?
1: I, I think I'm still working through it. I'm feeling better for sure. But um, you know, it was making some some decisions, like cutting the podcast back. And some people <laughs> actually reached out to me and thanked me because they thought, oh, they said, oh, twice a week was like, I love your show, but I felt guilty if I'm you know couldn't keep up with episodes. And I was <laughs> like, no, I don't. Oh my gosh! So um, you know, cutting back on the show, making a, a concerted effort to do things that I enjoy meditating for real Uh, I previously and I think you know everybody has to find the meditation that works for them but I was doing a lot of kind of moving meditation and for me that just allowed me to continue to be working and doing things right even if it wasn't work right I'm just doing something while I'm kind of in this more contemplative meditative mind space so I started meditating just sitting and, and doing that and I think I'm still I'm still you know I've kept that up, which has been really great. Actually, I picked up knitting again. And the reason Uh, reason I did is to keep my to keep to not be on my phone all the time. Because I realized that for me, you know, we'd be sitting there watching Netflix, or I'm, you know, sitting there eating lunch or whatever. And I'm just like scrolling. And then the comparison kicks up. And I'm like, Oh, look at how many people they have. And look how many likes they have and how much engagement they have compared to what I have. And, it's way healthier for me to be off my phone as much as possible. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I realized that my phone was like the voice of my inner critic. I remember I made yeah. that connection once in one of the sessions I had with my coach. I was like, okay. So every time I pick up my phone and kind of like scroll I'm basically like bringing my inner critic to the table, <laughs> like it's yeah. like, Hey, let's hang out. Yeah. Hello. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think like, you know, some of these things that we're talking about, are like obviously in the context of entrepreneurship, but it's so much bigger. It's I think anyone can relate to this. So whether it's like burnout in your life or with your dieting or whatever, or um, like that comparison on social media, like feeling kind of you know like that world just doesn't serve you at all and takes like drains you versus recharges you. Yeah, it's totally applicable.
1: Yeah, I also signed up for you know I. <laughs> for for a while I was doing some coaching uh, for B personally, I was getting coached and then I took some time away from it and I went back to, you know, have a coach again and really working with, um, you know, working on that, that aspect of myself. And so, yeah, I feel like the, the fog is, is lifting a little a little bit for me, but I also feel extremely called to sh- shift into a slightly different direction. And that is very, uh, exciting slash like, what am I doing here? Am I going to do this again? Cause I really, I really believed I expected, and we all know what happens when you have expectations. <laughs> um, I expected that when I rebranded to my name last year, that this was like one and done, done for a while, you know, it's going to be good. We just need to get there and get the website done and shift everything. And if anything, it's still been a period of uncertainty for me and sort of, you know, is this is this where I'm meant to be? Is this, you know, the work I'm the work that I'm meant to do or that's really resonating with me right now. So I've got some I've got some stuff that I'm I'm contemplating. And so I feel a little bit like I'm in this period of exploration and creativity again, which is really cool. And and it but yet it feels a bit like limbo because it feels a little bit unsettled. So I'm just really trying to surrender and let things be just as they are. Yeah, not easier said than done. Yeah, and not slip back into work mode to cope with the uncertainty, you know, because it would be easy for me to say, Oh, well, I'm gonna sit down and revamp this whole program or, do, you know, do this whole thing and, and continue to tweak things and fiddle with them. And that's kind of what I'm good at is just sitting down and powering through, you know, I could say, all right, I'll just like visually rebrand this whole program this, this weekend or something. And I've just really been forcing myself to not do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I don't know if that was like, I hope, I hope you're okay talking about all these things. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. I I
0: wanted to talk to you about all these other things, but it went in this direction. (laughs) But no, at, gonna... And at the same time, I'm like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, because we have to wrap things up here. But like, it, where can people find more of you? What do you want people to know about that you're up to?
1: Yeah, pretty much everything that I'm up to is on my website. So that's StephGaudreau.com. And that includes all the you know past episodes of Harder to Kill Radio. There are 260-something of them at this point. So there's fairly significant, uh, archive there. You can dip into and follow along with that. And yeah, anything else I'm up to programs, all the ones that are currently running and stuff like that are on the site. And then of course the book, the core for embrace your body and your power.
0: Yeah. And, and like, and Bernie Brown follows you. Let's just like highlight that for a second.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I, uh, and I, every, every time she likes my posts, people screenshot it and they're like, can you believe this? <laughs> this is amazing. Um, I think actually she first found me through recipes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. So, well, maybe she's going to come
0: along on the, with the journey. I hope yeah. so. I hope yeah. so. Cause she's had some, you know, like Phobic stuff in her work but she's obviously done so many amazing things so ho- hopefully she's coming along for the journey <laughs> i think she is bring her to the dark it. side <laughs> i feel it <laughs> <laughs> well it's been such a pleasure having you here and talking to you about this all this stuff and like i just always appreciate your honesty and you speaking from your heart and just no bullshit so i really love that about you so thank you so
1: much you're welcome likewise rock on
0: There's some really good quotes and insights coming out of that episode there. You can find all the links and resources mentioned at summerinand.com forward slash 156. I really enjoyed having that conversation as I, as you heard me tell stuff, I just really appreciate when people are so honest and open and, uh, and vulnerable and really more loyal to their integrity than to monetary pursuits. I really respect individuals like that. And, uh, it was really cool of stuff to kind of share her story and everything that she's done to evolve over the years. So hopefully you enjoyed it too. And I will be back with you again in a couple of weeks, hopefully not sounding so nasally. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin. And I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Summer Inanin. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.